2: The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report.
1: And welcome to it. Follow along with us on Twitter. It is at yourtechreport, facebook.com slash yourtechreport. Our email address is contact at yourtechreport.com. Welcome to another exciting edition of Your Tech Report. I am Marco Flalo as always joined... By Mitchell Whitfield. Welcome to the show, Mitchell. How are you?
3: I didn't know we were using radio voice today. Hello, Mark of Lalo. How are you?
1: Sometimes I just feel like <laughs> I want to break into it. Uh, I'm sure other people oh. do as well. Awesome show lined up for people this week. Uh, we are Absolutely. we are dead into auto show season. We are going to talk to David McLean. He is a general manager of the Canadian International Auto Show. About to start in Toronto, Ontario. If you want to head down there, that's a fun one to do. A very cool smart device intended for your pet. Dog or cat, most likely, depending on the size of their neck. Um, Whistle. (laughs) They've made a very cool device that's going to help you track your pet, make sure that they don't get out of your sight, so to speak, or your digital sites. And a company... That is a wireless earbud that is so absolutely cool. This company is called Newhira, and they have IQ buds. It was originally kickstarted, and they are now out in shipping. You can pre-order that at newHera.com. That's N-U-H-E-A-R-A.com. But we have to remind yes. people about our giveaway, Mitchell. What could they you win? Know,
3: you know, <laughs> thanks for telling <laughs> Thanks for asking, Mark. Well, on this week's show. Yeah, you know, we've been doing a lot of these YouTube giveaways on our YouTube channel, which, of course, you announced already. Uh it's it's YouTube.com slash your tech report online. And this giveaway that we're doing, and we've been averaging at least what a couple of giveaways a month, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there's uh, gonna be more and more and
1: more and more and more exactly. and more and more and more and more, more,
3: more, more. The first one we gave away was that you know, from the uh, courtesy of the source, of course, that that red color specific to the source, uh, the HD clarity headsets for Monster. And now, courtesy of the folks at Ring Video Doorbell. We are still and you still have a few days left to to, to get in on this. We're giving away a ring video doorbell and the chime accessory that lets you plug this device into any room and have the doorbell ring in any room, and you can control the ringtones and all that stuff. Uh, so, yeah, head to, head to youtube.com slash online. and all you have to do, Mark, to win, and we made it pretty easy. All you have to do is subscribe to our channel and then comment on the video. And then I think you can get a couple of other entries by following us on Twitter and retweeting the giveaway tweet. So we're giving people ways to win and – People have a great shot at winning, and this is a great – and this is something that I use every day. It is a great, great prize.
1: Um, The Ring Video Doorbell is, again, I will say this every time we talk about this, the absolute still, the best – video doorbell that exists on the market, and there are a lot of people who have been trying to copy them. Uh, They were the first, they were uh, the best, and they continue to be the best, and thanks to things like software updates. So again, youtube.com slash your tech report online. Awesome show lined up. But Mitchell, there's some stuff we wanted to talk about, and one thing in particular was that I'm kind of excited for, and they're kind of pushing out to people who are slowly experiencing this stuff, is uh, Microsoft is coming out with their creator's update very soon. This is supposed to be a spring release, but they're teasing stuff to people who use their your Xbox, for example, which is if you're, if you're in their insider program, right. um, you've been experiencing a new skin, but there's some other things that have come to your Xbox that excite you.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is the great thing about when we're talking about Xboxes and PlayStation 4s right now, we're no longer talking about just a gaming console. We're talking about a media hub in your living room, right? So for me, the Xbox One is my primary media hub. And what did I see? Lo and behold, there was an update to my Amazon video app. Now, I'm a a Prime member, subscriber, so I get all this free content from Amazon. But now, thanks to the update and thanks to the fact that I have a 4K TV with HDR, I can now watch my Amazon videos, my Amazon movies and TV shows In 4K with HDR. I think it's still content specific. I don't think everything on Amazon video, you know, Amazon Prime Video, is necessarily in 4K HDR. But now that it is updated, the shows that are, I'm watching in glorious 4K with HDR. Which, Mark, if you haven't seen anything in HDR, which is high dynamic range, increased contrast, beautiful color palette. It really, it isn't just, you know, talking point. It really is a beautiful thing to behold. So now, on my Xbox One S, I'd be watching it.
1: Now, i got a kind of disclaimer to kind of throw out there before we we head all to right, our first break, which is um, um, Apple released a couple updates to software across the board. So Apple TV, Apple Watch, your iOS device, whether it's your iPad or your iPhone, and, of course, your Mac. This is one of those updates um, that you definitely want to jump on. You may not be experiencing some stuff. Some people with the new MacBook Pro have been having some horrible graphics issues. This solves those problems. They are all there. So make sure that you get those updates. They're free updates. They're over-the-air updates. By the way, oh, just, I am talking. Yeah. I'm talking from experience. <laughs> I had nothing but issues with my uh, original MacBook Pro. I had to actually replace it because we thought it was hardware. They did diagnostics, couldn't figure anything out. But lo and behold, there were enough complaints. They did investigate some things, and they have fixed these problems. So, get yourself the latest versions of the Apple operating systems for all the operating systems. And of course, when they release new operating system updates like this, they also start releasing the betas for the next version. 10.3. Some cool stuff coming like night shift mode coming to your Mac. You'll be able to change the display. I, lots of fun stuff.
3: Yeah, You have to tell me about this stuff because as everyone knows, now that listens to the show, you are my guinea pig. So if you say it's safe to jump aboard, I let you test everything in the beta once they've hammered out all the issues on you. It's ready for me.
1: Coming up on this show, auto show season. David McLean from the Canadian International Auto Show. He will join us and tell us all about the cool car tech to look out for. Whistle, never lose your pet again. Disclaimer, you gotta use the product properly and never lose your pet again. And those <laughs> wireless earbuds, the IQ buds from New Hera, all coming up.
2: There's more your tech report after this. Welcome back to your tech report.
1: Welcome back to your tech report, Marco Flallo in Montreal. Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. On Twitter, we are at your tech report. Facebook.com slash your tech report our YouTube channel is youtube.com your tech report online Mitchell this is yes. what I love about this time of year not only is it post CES <laughs> but it, it is auto car uh, I mean auto show season everywhere Detroit was a, a bit a while back we've got Toronto coming up Montreal's next week this is a fun time of year.
3: Oh, absolutely, and you know, we've gotten a lot of requests from listeners, we've gotten a lot of emails, that they, they seem to love when we cover car tech, and listen, it's something that we're excited about, too, whenever, I, I don't know about you, Mark, but when I buy a new car, and you just you were just driving when you were in Los Angeles in my new Ford Explorer, right? Yes. And you were going nuts over SYNC 3SYNC, it was the best example of SYNC that you've ever used, and I totally agree with you, but now, when, we, when you were buying a car, isn't your purchase kind of swayed a little bit by the technology in your car? It never used to be like that, it used to be all about the drive and the look, now the technology in the car Kind of affects my purchasing decision. I'm, a, I'm I'm horrified that I'm saying that, but it's a reality. No, no, no it's
1: true. When I get kind of car envy, and I kind of wait wait <laughs> things out in my in my Golf R. I waited because I, the the new version had the new MMI. anyhow, uh, on on the show to, welcoming right now is uh, David McLean. David, you are the director of marketing for the Canadian International Auto Show, which happens February 17th to 26th in Toronto. Welcome to your tech report.
4: Yeah, thank you very much. I'm just happy to be on with you guys today. This is a this is a great honor.
1: Well, listen, we're happy to have you here and to to talk, you know, car tech. It's like we're all giddy. We we're, we're all excited about this stuff and there's so much fun stuff to talk about.
4: You know what? There's never been more that's been happening in the auto industry. You know, you were talking about CES and I was down there last week and and I remember CES from about 15, 16 years ago and it was about, <laughs> you know, it was about hi-fi, it was about uh what was happening with the latest Apple computer. It was all of this and and yet for the past few years, you know, the, one of the focal points down at the CES show was obviously the automotive content, and, and this year I think it was, was, had to be uh, bigger and better than ever before in terms of you know, the, the subjects that people were talking about as it relates to automobiles, the technologies that were being displayed, the partnerships that have been formed. So it's a, it's a, it's a really exciting time in the auto industry in terms of the changes that are happening.
3: Let me ask you this, because you heard what I said in the intro. Am, am, I, am I the odd man out, or do you find now that with technology making its way into every part of our life, and we spend so much time in our vehicles, do you find more and more people are thinking what I'm thinking, which is we base more of our decisions on the technology that we're going to be driving with every day?
4: There's no question. That's absolutely, you know, what's in your pocket is, is influencing what's in the show, or sort right. of in your car, rather. And what I mean by that is that you know, whether you're, whether you're Android-based or iOS or whatever it may be, you want to know that, A, you're able to connect with your car, that your car is able to offer you more in terms of features and services than ever before. And, and uh, you know, there's this relationship that's evolving between the car and the driver, and it's all through technology.
1: It's funny, what I noticed at CES this year was that a lot of the smart home technology and like, for example, Alexa, you know, and Amazon Echo, we're going to be seeing that stuff evolve into our car. So that's really like several worlds colliding, you know, obviously they realize that the home really extends into our vehicle in a lot of places. I mean, look at Toronto, the average drive to work is what, an hour in Los Angeles is probably 90 minutes. So people are spending hours in their car. Is Is it a surprise to you to see the convergence of these two worlds?
4: No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, it's a surprise to the extent that we're going to see it. I mean, when you're at CES, you're seeing things three to five years down the road. So, it, you know, when you talk about Amazon and the, and the, the way you're able to connect with them through the dashboard, I mean, that that in itself was a bit of a surprise to me. But. But, you know, what the biggest surprise this year that's, that's more real-time than, than, say, futuristic five years down the road is what's happening with artificial intelligence and, and you know, the, the expectation that the, the car is going to evolve and understand you as a driver and what your patterns are, what your habits are. And uh, what you tend to do, and, and how you behave as a driver, and then it's going to to react accordingly.
1: You know, you mentioned you mentioned the lead time, and, and the automotive industry is kind of unique that way because the things that we we talked about us, you know, years ago, or we're starting to see now. And AI is one of those things. I remember seeing a demonstration that Audi had about just you know telling people when the light's going to change. But this, it's evolved way beyond that. Is that, is that scary, or is that something that we should be embracing?
4: Well, you know, to me, it's certainly intimidating. you know, I'm a, I'm a just north of fifty year old man, and, and uh, when you see the technology and the way it's evolving, and you know, let's use Audi as an example, and the fact that they just announced out in CES last week their partnership with Nvidia, the game was which technically, I guess, in the uh, a, a gaming card yeah. manufacturer <laughs> is the way that I remember them, and right. and yet, uh, you know, the manufacturers have all come out over the last week to ten days and saying that we don't possess this. This ability within within our own intellectual scope to design all of this uh, in in a relevant time frame. So we've got to partner up. We've got to find the best possible partners that will work with our brand, and uh, you know companies like Nvidia that went in from gaming and probably into, into defense mode in terms of how they're able to you know build augmented reality that that, that simulates uh, you know real world environment. And now they use that funding to go back into the auto industry and say, hey, we can, we can build AI in your car or certainly augmented reality and we can make this whole experience of driving your automobile uh, that much more attractive to patrons.
3: It's so hard. I mean, you guys, I mean, I'm listening to Mark's question, your answer, and it just brings up so many issues. And the main thing is it's sort of, you know, it's riding that fine line. We want to know that technology is advancing, that uh, our cars will operate better, that we will be safer and things will continue to evolve in that direction. But then there's I'm, I'm a gentleman just north of 50 myself, and I, I still am old school in many ways. And one of those ways is, you know, when you get in the car, you should be focusing on the road. You should be focusing on the driving experience, looking at other drivers, looking at other cars and being aware and the technology that we're seeing now, it sort of rides that line between distracting us with all the possibilities of what we can do, even without our hands, while at the same time maintaining control and focus of the vehicle. And that's got to be a hard tightrope to walk sometimes.
4: Yeah, I think that's a very, very good point. And we were we were discussing just that last week. You don't want to have to have the training of a fighter pilot to be able to operate an automobile on the street. <laughs> that's right. And, uh, you know, so you've got to, you know, you've got to find that balance between. Between what your car offers, what you're what you're comfortable with in terms of uh, you know technology and and what you expect out of your automobile, and then certainly what it can deliver to you.
1: You know, so so David, you're you're a couple of weeks out from obviously the Canadian International Auto Show. You know, you're watching the trends at CES. But what are we going to see this year? What what kind of popped out to you and like, went like that's cool?
4: There's, uh, you know, there's, there's no question that artificial intelligence is emerging right now. And, and we're going to see more manufacturers talking about artificial intelligence. It's, it, you know, last year was about the autonomous vehicle. But, you know, autonomous vehicles and, the, and the, the road to autonomy is something that's going to continue. It's not something that, you know, people think, it's, well, it's going to be here next year. Yes, there are those features uh, that have been built in, even into today's car that, that, that uh, uh, offer driver assist. But the fact is that, you know, the NHTSA has, has already um, devised six levels of autonomy, starting with zero and, and going to five. Most manufacturers will tell you today that they're at level two, and they all do that fairly well, and it's focused primarily around safety, and that is, the, you know, the features in the car that assist the driver uh, with more uh, safety applications and safety features than ever before. The biggest challenge they have is that they can all get to five, or they will get to five, but levels three and four are going to be the big deal, and that is when there's a handoff between driver to automobile and then automobile back to driver, because that's where there's gray area, who's in control. And uh, so I think there's going to be a lot more discussion around artificial intelligence as it relates to uh, vehicle operation, as it relates to the relationship that the car has with the driver. And it's and it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. And I wouldn't say that I'm an a, the, you know I'm the automotive guy out there. I'm the automotive expert. I'm I'm the average person that uh, is really interested in what motivates people to go to an event.
3: Absolutely. And, you know, we and it, comes, and it comes in many different forms, as you said. Uh, the autonomous driving, the autonomous experience, and the seamless experience between driver, car and driver, is part of that. And, you know, I, going back to, <laughs> now you have me going back to being north of 50 and my expectations. I, I was driving the other day, and this is this one, I'm going to lead you into something right here. I was driving the other day, and I realized I was driving in the mountains. And one of the things I love driving about the mountains is, driving in the mountains is that it is kind of dark. That's part of the fun experience, and growing up on the East Coast, in the mountains, and all that stuff. I love that sort of experience. And I realized I hadn't put on my high beams in a car in quite a long time because in Los Angeles, it's ridiculously bright all the time, for better or for worse. I put on my high beams. I'm driving on this mountain road. And of course, there are drivers coming the other way and I have to take off my high beams, take off my high beams. I thought, huh, this is kind of old school. Once again, I keep on going back to old school. But one of the technologies that that intrigued me was kind of these new, smarter high beams and and headlights that I think Audi has approved now, or that the FDA has approved for Audi use. Can you talk a little bit about these laser high beams that actually will adjust themselves?
4: Oh, absolutely, no question. And I, I think my wife's uh, Mercedes Benz has that type of uh, lens system in it. But it's a uh, it's 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 a high beam, and then based on the light that it senses out, and you know, and I don't know what the distance is in front, but it has sensors built into the front of the vehicle, and so automatically, if it senses that you're either coming up to a lit area or there's oncoming traffic, it just dims down, and then it and then it'll go back up to high beam mode right after that when it's when it's, you know, when it senses the proper darkness. So, I mean, these are the technolo- technological features that we're seeing in automobiles that are going to become commonplace in two years. We're talking about specific manufacturers, usually luxury brands, that are introducing these, these features first, but then they become commonplace. And, and that's the way that technology transcends, you know, from from, from uh, one brand to another, you know, if, you, if you're talking about premium or luxury brands, right down to entry-level brands, I mean, you take a look at the difference between an entry-level brand and a premium brand today, and besides those things like, uh, you know, the operating characteristics and horsepower and different ride and feel and everything, but from feature standpoint, they're very similar.
3: Well, one of the things we also wanted to ask you about was we're talking a lot about, of course, the technology in the cars, uh, you know, the different head units, the different uh, navigation systems and all that stuff. But when you think about it, sometimes, as Mark just mentioned earlier to me when we were talking, the technology is the car itself. And a lot of the technology was going into hybrid vehicles. um, plug-in hybrids and electrics. Have you seen the focus? Are we still moving forward with brands? I know here in California there's a mandate with a certain amount of cars being on the road that have to be electric. Do you see that moving forward as well? Because I know we have some great manufacturers out there, you know, the Chevy Bolt and the Chevy Volt. We have Tesla. Do you see electrics and hybrids moving forward as fast as they have been in the past five years?
4: I think faster. I think that alternative fuel wow. cells will always be there, whether they're electric vehicles, hybrid vehicles. I think that... There, that, that's absolutely the priority in, in terms of development for manufacturers. I mean, you have, you have the, the, the pros and cons or the, the naysayers against electric vehicles and saying that, you know, until battery technology gets figured out and improved, that that'll never be the solution. You know, you have those that say, well, it, you know, the hydrogen isn't that far down the road. And, uh, but I think whatever the solution is, it, it's, it's certainly going to be a, a hybrid as a minimum. And uh, I think you'll you'll see a deeper dive into into some of the alternative fuel cells in the very near future.
1: Is this one of the first years, or I guess uh, in more recent years, where we're seeing some non-car brand car manufacturers um, taking the spotlight at these auto shows?
4: Are you talking about uh are you talking with the Googles and Apples? Or the Googles about- the Apples
1: the the CJ Go the Amazons the I mean I mean they're 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 making that drive towards that market so you know it's almost a competition between are you focusing on the cars or are you focusing on the technology here?
4: Well that's 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 the, the you know the catch 22 the chicken or the egg right and I think in this case we know that the car came first but the technology <laughs> is, is is something that could uh, could be taking over um it's 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 interesting where the auto industry is headed I think that it's uh uh, it's, you know, is it going through an evolution or is it a revolution or is it a, a somewhat of a renaissance? But you do have new players in the marketplace. I mean, we're not going to be talking uh, just about Ford and GM and, and Chrysler and Hyundai and Toyota and Mazda and all of the, the traditional manufacturers that we've been associated, or we've associated with over the years. I mean, you're talking about Google, you're talking about Apple, you're talking about different retail channels now. I mean... You know this, you know, especially in, out in your market in L.A., there you, you can buy a, essentially a car out of a vending machine. <laughs> so <laughs> everything is changing. The, the way we buy cars, the way we relate to cars, what we expect from cars, and, and it's changing at a pace that is uh, – I mean, if it's impressing the two of you, imagine what it's doing to the common person that buys a car every eight or nine or ten years. Yeah.
3: Oh, absolutely, and it's funny you mention that, David, because when Mark was visiting in Los Angeles a few years ago, he came out to visit, and uh, we went to my local mall, which, granted, is is a pretty high-end mall, but as we were walking down one of the corridors, we turned and he goes, is that it? Tesla dealer in your mall? I said, yep. He said, no, 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 can we actually buy one? I said, yep, yes, you can. <laughs> so you're yeah. right. I mean, it's become, I'm amazed, you know, how to, as technology advances, it seems like most technologies and most of the, the products that they go in become quickly disposable products, like televisions, like cars, the things that you used to keep for 10, 15, 20 years are now meant to be obsolete after three. So as the technology increases exponentially, so almost the, 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 the idea that it's a disposable purchase increases as well, which is a little bit disturbing.
4: Yeah, it's uh, it's easier to 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 understand that, to appreciate that in, in the low cost point items, and, and I think we all accept that. But when you're talking about a you know a, a purchase price, it's maybe one of the, the the second greatest investments you make in your life if you're actually buying it. Uh, right. it's it's hard to put the two of those together that it's you know you're spending this amount of money and that it could be disposable.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, The Canadian International Auto Show takes place February 17th to 26th, obviously in Toronto. Uh, If you're not in the Toronto area, you maybe want to head down and check that one out because it is the biggest in Canada. Uh, David, uh, Director of Marketing, thank you so much for joining us. Do me a favor. Will you come back on when the show's done to tell us your takeaways?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, guys. And I do really appreciate you having me on
1: today. Follow along with us on Twitter. It is at your tech report, facebook.com slash your tech report and youtube.com slash your tech report online.
2: There's more your tech report after this. Welcome back to your tech report.
1: Welcome back to your tech report. Marka Aflalo and Mitchell Whitfield with you as always. Follow along with us on Twitter. It is at your tech report, facebook.com slash your tech report. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash your tech report online. Online. Mitchell, we're continuing our yes. CES conversations. We're going to be doing this for quite some time because there are so many different companies to talk about, so many different categories to talk about as well.
3: And one of the things we like to do on the show, Mark, is we like to uh, shed light on products and categories that people may not have at the top of their list or be on their radar. And for a lot of people, we love when people take existing technology and then apply it in ways that we have never seen before. And one of the big categories and segments that we're starting to hear about now is home automation. But when you think about your home, there's one category that's very important that you don't hear a lot about, and that's your family pets. And when it comes to that, we're both dog people. We both have dogs. I've had dogs since I was born, basically. That's many decades. And applying <laughs> modern technology to make sure your pets are healthy and safe and at home, this is a huge thing, and I'm really excited about our next guest because it sort of combines the best of both worlds, technology and our beloved pets.
1: So let's welcome to the show Ben Jacobs, the, whistle, the CEO and co-founder of Whistle. Ben, welcome to your tech report.
0: Thanks for welcoming me and you might hear some dogs barking in the background. We're at the Whipple office today, so apologies.
3: It sounds like a dog park
1: over here. This is one of the this is one of the only occasions that I'm gonna say this is completely passable and acceptable. I
3: thought you Ben, I just thought you were really hungry. I didn't know what it was. I thought you were starving. (laughs) (laughs)
0: There you go. Now we want to just give you the right background noise for talking about pet tech.
1: (laughs) No, this is great. I love the sound effects. It's it's awesome. Ben, you know, I I mean, I go through a lot of press releases. I'm a pet owner. Um, If it were up to me, I would inject my children and my pets and all my loved ones and items (laughs) with different ways to track them. But that's not always possible and not always doable. Can you tell our listeners, what is Whistle?
0: Whistle is the market leader in pet technology, started the business about five years ago. Uh, we are now about 80 people with headquarters here in San Francisco. And our focus has always been to make pet care smarter. Uh, you talked a little bit about connected home and the pet care industry is part of that. You know, The reality is, it sounds like some of you might uh, feel as well, is pets are already part of the family. So you know, looking just at the U.S., we spend over $60 billion on our pets every year. There's 150 million dogs and cats, so one dog or cat for every two people in the U.S. And what Whistle's trying to do is use technology to answer key questions like, is my pet safe? Are they healthy? Am I doing everything I can as a pet parent? Um, So what we launched last week at CES is Whistle 3. Whistle 3 is our latest and best-of-breed pet tracker. Uh, It combines always-on GPS tracking to ensure your pet is home safe, and uh, if, God forbid, they do get lost, you can find them. With uh, best of breed activity tracking to keep them healthy and make sure they're getting the right level exercise for their breed, weight, and age.
1: Okay, so before before I really ask you and you know, go into some more details, you know, when we when we think of you know tracking anything, whether it be pets or, or items, you know, we we think that the technology kind of makes things big and and, and bulky. But Whistle is is the, exactly the opposite of that. Can you describe the product physically?
0: Yeah, that's a huge uh, important point about our industrial design challenges because we want our devices to live. Uh, comfortably and really blend into the background on a dog collar, uh, whether your dog is a 10-pound dachshund or a 100-pound German shepherd, uh, and similarly for cat owners as well. Um, So the Whistle3 product does include 3G, cellular, Bluetooth, and Wi-Fi, but all in a package uh, about the size of a watch face and less than one ounce.
3: Oh, that's brilliant. When you think about it, Ben, I mean, you have the same challenges designing for pets as you do for humans, because aesthetics come into it. A human doesn't want to wear a giant thing to track their, their keys, their phone, or their person. And the same thing for your pets. So you had to make something sleek, something that was doggy door friendly that can go in and out of the door that wouldn't catch. And I'm looking at the design. It's got a very beautiful brushed metal look and it's very flat. So it's not going to create an issue when the when the pets are going in and out of the house. Correct?
0: That's exactly right. You know, I think about, can it fit my own dog, Duke? Uh, you know, we, we work with pet owners uh, all across the country, and they might have different colors or harnesses or leashes. Again, just what is the lifestyle for you and your pet? We want Whistle to fit seamlessly uh, into that lifestyle. The other thing I would add from a technology point of view, given I know you guys cover tech across all different sectors, you know, we have a unique challenge to have always on cellular. So while there are great Bluetooth trackers for lost items, like your keys or your wallet around yeah. the home, Our challenge, our commitment to our consumers is much broader than that, that if your dog were to get lost in a national park, you could still find them. So rather than just Bluetooth, we have to have cellular and GPS coverage as well.
1: Now, now that's obviously an an amazing feat in itself because, obviously, of the size of the device, et cetera, et cetera. But you used a buzzword when, obviously, describing Whistle that we've never really heard when it came to our pets, and that's activity tracking. How does Whistle track your pet's activity? (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's a great question and you know the way we talk about it is what would be important for not only you but also for your veterinarian. You know, our goal with tech and data in general is not just to add data where it's not helpful but instead to really fit seamlessly into the important needs uh, of your pet's unique health requirements. And so that really depends. You know, to ask you guys what kind of dog you want you mention your dog or what kind of dog do you have? I've got a, uh, I've got I, a, <laughs> go
3: ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I have a boxer I have a boxer American bulldog mix. And mine is a Chihuahua.
0: <laughs> okay, Opposite ends of the spectrum. Great I love it. Okay, the Chihuahua and the Boxer American Bulldog, without even going into gender or age or different medical histories, are going to have radically different requirements, as I'm sure you both know as pet owners. And so of our goal is to really put your dog in context. And given Whistle's now been around five years and shipped over a couple hundred thousand devices as a market leader, we're able to say for a Boxer that's seven years old, What type of activity are we seeing as common for similar dogs? And then combining that with our work with veterinarians can really try to provide guidance around you know, maybe 40 minutes of activity or 60 minutes of activity is the right amount for you and your pet. What we haven't done is try to convert that into steps or heart rate or things that I doubt you would think about for your dog overall and instead just again use the same language you use every day as a pet owner.
3: You know, you just made me think of something, Ben, which is another thing to make a great idea for having this information is, a lot of times you go into the vet, and you're right, they do ask have you been, has the dog been exercising, and you know, you can a- answer basic questions, but when you have this, if you've built into the app, built into the tracker, you can actually track the amount of exercise your dog is getting, give that information to your vet, if there's an issue with your dog gaining weight, or their chemical balance being off, you can show your vet, hey, it isn't, it isn't the exercise, he or she has been exercising non-stop, let's look at other reasons for this or let's look for other reasons for the endocrine system being off. So it really allows, it empowers your vet to look at other things and not just the traditional, well, it's on you as an owner, you have to run them out more. It isn't, you can, you can actually prove what you've been doing.
0: That's exactly right. And you talk to vets, you know, one of their number one complaints is my patients can't speak for themselves. Right. So what whistle and, you know, over time our database, whether it's about on a broad population basis or for your individual pet can really give a voice to these animals help veterinarians improve care. The other thing we often talk about, and this is really simple, but it's, uh, it underlies the power of technology in spaces like pet care where we have this emotional bond with a being, it just reminds you about the impact you have on your pet's everyday life. You know, Another complaint we hear from vets is that folks are taking longer and longer periods between veterinary visits. You know, Even though we love our pets, we're spoiling them, we're spending great amounts of uh, money on nutrition and pet beds and Um, you know, doggy spas, we aren't taking them to the veterinarian enough. And so Whistle can be that reminder, both about your everyday routine, but also to get that annual checkup and have that conversation with your vet. Then it can uh, make a significant impact in your pet's life.
1: You know, Ben, software obviously plays a big, big role here, and the app. You know, I think this gets gets everybody's mind thinking. But for example, being able to track your your dog's or your pet's progress, monitor activity, you can also discover things that you may not have noticed. Whether it be sleep habits changing or habits in general changing, that might lead you to find out that there are things early enough with your pet, which is a very cool element of it.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And we've been fortunate to see a lot of really impactful stories over the past few years on exactly that topic. You know, we had a dog named Ripley, who was a chocolate Labrador on the East Coast. Owner bought the Whistle Activity Monitor, really for that day-to-day behavior and fun. You know, she wanted to make sure she was getting Ripley out enough, even in those cold uh, East Coast months. But it was really interesting for her to see that Ripley's ambient activity, so the amount of time he was walking around the house or investigating when she was gone was going down over time. So obviously not a human driven activity change, but really based on Ripley's own behavior. She ended up taking him into the veterinarian earlier than she would have otherwise and they discovered a very serious infection. You know, in her words to us, essentially saving the dog's life. And it's those stories that motivate our team to keep
1: building products at Whistle. That's that's amazing. You know, and, and there's more to the app, too, because the app plays a whole role in in the tracking element and the zones, et cetera, et cetera. What are some of the features that, obviously, you, you've baked in and that might be new to Whistle3 that, that will help us keep track of our pet?
0: Yeah. You know, the number one, uh, I think, big innovation for us on the GPS tracking side is the use of Wi-Fi. So with Whistle3, for the first time, we're allowing owners to use Wi-Fi to build a safe zone so that... For most, obviously, starts with their home, where the dog might spend the majority of his or her day. I want to ensure that if the dog were to exit that zone at a time when you don't expect, you're not on a walk or your spouse is not on a walk, you'll get that alert. But using Wi-Fi versus, let's say, sub-gigahertz technology or other base station-driven technologies enables us to have as many safe places as you want. So, so many of our owners are fortunate enough to be able to take their dogs with them to work or maybe travel once in a while or leave their dog at a family member or a dog sitter. Now you can uh, name as many of those places as you want as safe zones for the pet and track uh, their everyday activities in those zones, but also be alerted if they happen to exit the zone uh, when you don't expect them to.
1: That, that's awesome now the design wise again to go back a bit I mean dogs get into the you know strangest of places obviously we've got <laughs> shock resistance um, waterproofing we're got IP 67 rating uh, all, all of this I'm guessing intentional
0: uh, it's essential I mean I think if you're playing in this space you have to be able to build rugged well-designed hardware and you know I always I'm so proud and thrilled to come to work every day with our team from uh, places like Amazon and Apple and Google and uh, you know, they've all told me that the challenge here to build devices like go on a dog collar and get literally dragged through the mud is even more complicated than building uh, the, the best generation e-reader or phone. You know, I think it, it's it's a must-have, not a nice-to-have in our space.
1: Yeah, definitely.
3: Uh, let me ask this, Ben, in terms of the hardware itself, the, the actual device, the internal battery, rechargeable internal battery?
0: Correct. It's a a rechargeable internal battery. We average about 10 days, very much based on usage. So let's say you have a New York City apartment dog and the owner's using Whistle to monitor their dog walker. But most of the time the pet's home. That owner might see well over 15 days of battery life because, again, the dog's in that home safe zone of Wi-Fi. For a very active hiker uh, who's out with their dog five hours a day, you might see closer to seven days of battery life. But our goal is to seamlessly blend into your uh, your and your pet's lifestyle, whatever those needs are, and only have that recharge requirement once a week. And it takes about an hour to recharge.
1: Now, before, before Mitchell asks about the pricing, of course, and availability, Well, our show airs both in Canada and the U.S. Is Whistle available uh, north of the border yet?
0: We are starting with the U.S., but Canada is coming very soon, I can tell you that.
1: Ooh, I like, I like that tone. See? I like the tone he likes to voice. hear that. He yeah, likes to yeah. hear that.
3: Now, uh, of course, we're going to talk about the price of the unit itself, but I want to start off, I'm going to go a little bit backwards, because when people hear about subscription services, and especially when they hear cellular connection, they think, oh my gosh, they immediately put it to what they know, which is their phone and how much they pay. I was pretty impressed when I saw the fees, uh, the subscription fee. You managed to keep it really low, so talk about the price of the unit and then the subscription fee as well, because I was impressed by it.
5: Yeah, well
0: thanks very much for that. It's a focus for us to have this product be accessible for pet owners. Uh, you know, it's 79.95 MSRP. It's available starting next month at whistle.com and through our retail partners. And as you mentioned, we've tried to keep subscription very accessible, starting at 6.95 per month. So it's either 6.95 up to 9.95 just depending upon if you select our monthly or our annual plan. Uh, and then of course the free mobile app will be available to both iOS and Android users.
1: Now, we, will you be stopping uh, production of the original Whistle, or is it is it uh, both going to be sold in tandem?
0: We're continuing to support existing Whistle users, and we actually a couple of years ago acquired a business called Tag. We continue to support those Tag users as well as Whistle legacy users. But we will be shifting this year uh, with a primary focus for new sales on Whistle Three.
1: So, so uh, I have to ask this question: Down the road, i obviously as technology evolves, you know, things get smaller, things get changed. What's what's on the roadmap? Anything you can actually share with us?
0: You know, we're always focused on building the the best of breed uh, pet tracker. We think that the on-caller device is really the hero product for this category, knowing your dog's location and activity. And so, you know, analogous to larger technology businesses, you'll see us have new generations that are smaller, faster, longer battery life and so forth. You know, beyond the hardware itself, we do focus on how can we now use this population level data yeah. to make impact on research. And, you know, whether that's about nutrition, you've already referenced correctly that, you know, caloric intake is as, if not more important than caloric output, whether for uh, humans or pets. And so how can we use our data to track things like weight loss uh, or even more serious conditions like seizures? We have studies ongoing around epilepsy and how can you use devices to monitor and ultimately treat very serious conditions in pets again, when they can't speak for themselves. So, you know, when we think about the world five years from now, it's not only how is Whistle on every dog collar uh, in the country and up in Canada and around the world, but also how do we meaningfully use the data to provide insights back to pet owners and vets.
3: Oh, and it's only going to get better because the more information, the more metrics you're able to track with animals, the better care, the shrinking down of the unit, it's only going to get better for me. And I got to tell you, you're not just doing a great thing for pets, Ben. You're doing great things for the owner as well, because as we know, when things are trackable, people tend to want to go out and do them more. So whether it's because of guilt or just being <laughs> altruistic, so you know there are going to be people out there that are going to be walking their dogs more, uh, that are going to be more involved in their dogs' lives and health. So you're really helping both the pets and the owners as well.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. We've heard a lot of those stories as well. We had a uh, gentleman on the East Coast. He and his dog Tucker and Max uh, lost weight together. It was a golden retriever, <laughs> and <his laughs> the veterinarian awesome. and mentioned to him to lose weight. And you know, he was wearing a Fitbit, I believe, or a human tracker product, and his dog was <laughs> wearing a whistle, and they kind of get on that plan together. And I think they both lost 15 pounds, my bet. Like that. And that's we awesome. love because if we can help that behavior change, it's awesome. Not to mention a cute picture of a golden retriever before and after photo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. Ben Ben Jacobs, uh, CEO and co-founder of Whistle, thank you so much for joining us. We hope to go, obviously, hands-on in in the couple months uh, in February when uh, Whistle 3 comes out. And uh, hopefully we'll keep in touch so we can uh, hear about some new innovation as it comes out. Likewise. Thanks for having me on. Follow along with us on Twitter. It is at your tech report, facebook.com slash your tech report and youtube.com slash your tech report online.
2: There's more your tech report after this. Welcome back to Your Tech Report.
1: Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Follow along with us on Twitter. It is at Your Tech Report, Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. Of course, our YouTube channel, Mitchell, YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report online. For a lot of fun stuff. And, and this is one of the – we're going go to have a little interview right now, and I can't wait to do a video on this product because when it comes to audio, uh, you and I go all over this stuff because we're just such big audiophiles. We have a background in radio, and we can't wait to talk about anything that has to do with our ears.
3: And of course, in what we're going to be talking about today, I don't want to spoil too much because uh, I want I want the co-founder of the company, the product, to come out and talk about it uh, to our listeners. But when it becomes more about just music, uh, when it becomes more about just uh, the surroundings, it's it, when it's a combination of the two. Uh, enhancing your ability to hear everything around you, not just the music that you're listening to, but the world around you, that's something that really strikes a chord with me, and that's why I'm really excited about this next interview.
1: So, so let's bring on a guest, a co-founder of a company called New Hera. David Cannington. Welcome to your tech report. You, you're hot off a of yes? How are you feeling? Exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> that's an understatement, isn't
5: it? No, yeah, no, exhausted and and really enthused because we had such a great show from so many perspectives. But most importantly, we had over three thousand people come to our booth wow. and actually personally demo our product. And you know, most of them walked away just. Really excited about what we're doing.
1: Now, you, you guys won a CES 2017 Innovation Award among uh, so many other awards. Getting yeah. hands on with a product like the IQ Buds, which I want you to tell our listeners about, I mean, yeah. it's really important for people to experience a product like this because th- that's yeah. the only way to really demonstrate what a product is, especially when it has to do with, with comfort and hearing, isn't
5: it? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, it's hard to describe uh, the immediate change in your quality of life when you put iq buds on and it's obviously best to experience it firsthand. um you know we've done about four thousand demonstrations to consumers around the world even before we launched the product and so we we see firsthand how um it change. it can it has the potential of changing people's lives and when people put them on they're just blown away by the audio experience that they that that they have
1: Okay, so, David, tell our listeners, what are IQbuds?
5: So IQbuds, uh, we describe them as intelligent, totally wireless earbuds that give the user the control to hear what they want to hear in the world around them and also connect to their digital devices. So what we're enabling to do is sort of take back control of their audio environment um, but also blend their digital audio streams with the world around them. So a good example of that is, you know, if they're riding their bike along the street and they want to listen to their music but also have situational awareness, IQ Buds allows them to be able to create that nice balance between the background noise and their music. There's so many use cases like that for IQ Buds, whether it's walking through an airport and finding the right balance between, you know, the, the your sounds that you want to listen to on your phone versus the environment around you, um, or you're at a sports stadium. I mean, it's just in, pretty much in every aspect of your life. You're obviously connected to your digital world, but you also want to take back control of how you're hearing the world around you, and IQ Buds allows you to do that. And you know,
3: Dave, the other brilliant part about this, I'm going to talk a little bit. Uh, I, I have I have suffered from some hearing loss over the years, so yep. I'm intrigued by yep. this on many levels. Uh, first, yep. just on the most basic level, it really takes away the main action uh, that, that hinders people using in your buds, which is having to remove them when you want to hear people. Now, you really don't have to do that because you're able to hear the world around you as well as whatever you're listening to, correct?
5: Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. And the way we've designed the product is that you actually create your hearing profile um, and your listening profile in the app, but you actually orchestrate your hearing experience with a tap touch on the little earbuds. So the left earbuds allow you to control your digital stream, i.e. play, pause, music, answer phone calls, hang-up phone calls. And then on the right bud, it gives you the ability to be able to control how you hear the environment around you. So it's basically putting the control of your audio environment in the hands of just a quick nice little tap touch on the hearables that gives you the control to hear what you want to hear.
1: You, you obviously have uh, several challenges when building a device like this David challenge number one is um, miniaturizing real-time audio processing I mean there's yeah. obviously you've got yeah. you've got drivers in here you've got microphones on here so it can be listening to the ambient and, and so challenge number one is obviously this environmental aspect of it and challenge number two is ensuring that it's a high fidelity high quality you know listening device for your music because people want a great headphone and adding these other features on board I mean depending on the user they they they're probably buying it for one and getting the other as a bonus or vice versa how do you divide those challenges and, and how do they meet perfectly in the middle
5: you yeah, know that's that's a really good question and 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 hearables and technology like we've developed is not easy you know you've seen quite a number of startups that have attempted to do it and either delivered significantly late or fallen over in the process and even companies like apple that have That, you know, launched their product late last year and had to delay it by three months. So there's no doubt that the, the, you know, building products like this is a really difficult thing to do and it's a big challenge. Um, fortunately for New Hearer, um, this isn't our first hearing technology company that we've taken global. Um, big punch, big chunk of our team worked on a previous, uh, company called Senseer that we took global. It was actually, uh, industrial headsets that had some IP around separating speech from background noise in loud industrial environments. And so being able to sort of take um, a lot of this digital signal processing technology and merging it with, you know, frequency technology, software, speech augmentation, and then add on top of that, you know, really good quality sound fidelity um, and clear phone calls, et cetera, etc. It's not easy and it's a real challenge, but um, fortunately for us, we've got a lot of experience at doing it, and we're one of the few hearables companies that actually delivered the product when they say, said they were going to deliver it um, for out of their crowdfunding campaign.
3: If you just joined us, we're talking with David Cannington. He's the co-founder of Hera, creator of the IQ Buds, uh, as we've been talking about, the winner of multiple awards, especially at CES 2017 Innovation Award. David, you mentioned briefly, and, and I'm glad it was a brief mention, of uh, you know Apple just released their product. And as I'm sure you're aware, Apple's having some challenges now with their product. The main challenge being the darn things staying in people's ears. Now, your product <laughs> is very different because comfort and livability becomes, uh, at a pre- because this is designed to stay in your ear longer than a traditional headphone because you can hear ambient noise because it does amplify vocals and speech for people maybe that are hearing impaired. So talk about the emphasis that you put on comfort and wearability because these things are meant to stay in your ears for a long time.
5: Yeah, big issue, and it's, I'm glad you brought it up. We, we spent a lot of time doing research uh, into the comfort and fit of IQ Buds. We started with the actual industrial design, which is which was quite unique, um, and we designed it to really sort of streamline your ears and fit very comfortably in your ears. Um, and that's not an easy thing to do. So we're, we, firstly, we're really, really, really uh, pleased on uh, on the way our industrial design ended up. And I don't know whether you guys tried it at CES, but we've actually got a sort of a locking mechanism, if you like. So if you put the IQ buds on your ear and then you just, lock it back it sort of fits in most people's ears really snug um so firstly industrial design really important secondly we're providing eight different tip sizes when we ship the product to consumers so having a really good occlusion in the ear is very important both from a comfort perspective and also from a quality of music perspective so we've provided eight different tip sizes and we're hoping that our customers will experiment a little with a few of the tips to make sure they get the right fit.
3: David, have you heard from other uh, other customers or feedback from people like myself that that mention or that have suffered some hearing loss, how this becomes more than just an accessory product, an enhancement of, of the music, but of the world around them and helping them hear people? Have you had some feedback about that from people that have had hearing loss?
5: Oh my God, yes. Yeah. A- absolutely. I mean, th- this is... Uh, you're not the only person that has this challenge. You know, one out of two men over the age of 45 in North America have got some degree of hearing loss and most of them are like me. They're in denial and they don't want to go and buy a (laughs) hearing aid, right? (laughs) Um, Of course. But but I think that, you know, we're we're not a hearing aid. Um, We're not going to call ourselves a hearing aid. We're not going to market ourselves as a hearing aid. But we actually have some technology that solves a very big problem for those 50 million people and that is when they go into noisy environments they struggle to separate the speech from the background noise. Yep. And what IQBuds does is allows you to be able to elevate the speech and suppress the background noise so you can actually have comfortable, seamless conversations in noisy social environments. We, t- we like to call it pub deafness. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, all, we all experience... And frankly, you don't need to have hearing loss to have that problem.
6: I was just going to say that. Is,
5: yeah, the, the reality is you go into a noisy environment, it's really hard to separate speech from background noise. So... Our proprietary digital signal processing has built the ability to be able to elevate those speech frequencies and suppress that background noise, and and that's the... Most people that try our product are blown away by the experience in that environment.
1: David, I was just going to say that because I, you know, I've had my hearing tested. My wife has had her hearing tested. We have absolutely impeccable hearing. Everything's great, but we both suffer from, as you said, pub deafness, where we walk into noisy environments and I can hear uh, someone talking from across the room, but you know, I can't hear my wife across the table, which is absolutely crazy. Here's a question well, that
5: that's I'm ca- that's called that's called selective hearing, too. Well, that that, that
1: <laughs> at home that's selective hearing. I think when we're out in a restaurant, it might be a little bit different.
5: I, Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, IQ Buds doesn't solve
1: this collective hearing challenge. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to I'm gonna have to cut that out of the interview because my wife is going to be listening to this, David. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an interesting question for you. Um, we, we control the IQ Buds with the app and or with the gestures. Are they customizable on an ear level or is it just overall? For example, if someone has loss in one ear versus the other, can they adjust each one individually?
5: Yeah, good, great question. We gave a lot of thought to that and you actually can do that in the app. So there's a, there's a screen on the app that we call the listening profile, a personal profile, and you can actually adjust the volume of your ears independently. And we also have some personalized settings, frequency settings that you can adjust each ear as well. So yes, we do give you the ability to be able to adjust each ear independently. Because you probably know there's a lot of people out there that have problems with their hearing in just one ear. Exactly. It's actually a lot more common than you would think it is. So we thought long and hard about that, and we've actually provided that capability in the app.
1: David, you know, I'd love to keep you on for the next four hours. Just with that accent alone, I know we're going to get <laughs> at least another thousand listeners. Tell, tell us about the battery life. We're talking about 16 hours on the go and and 32 hours of charge. I mean, is that is that thanks to the charging case?
5: Well, let me just explain that a little more. So we're providing four hours of Bluetooth streaming and eight hours of hearing process processing for every charge. Okay. Right? And the charging case that comes with the product gives you an additional three charges before you have to charge the charging case. So we describe that as 16 hours on-the-go Bluetooth streaming and 32 hours on-the-go hearing processing. So if you want to just use the product just for hearing or augmenting your hearing, you don't have to be connected to a Bluetooth device to be able to do that. Once you've created your hearing profile, you can put your Bluetooth device away and just use the earbuds as a hearing augmentation device, if you like.
1: That's brilliant. Uh, price-wise, if people pre-order right now, it's $299 US. Uh, yep. It's a shipping in quarter, uh, first quarter of 2017. So is it shipping
5: now? We're actually shipping right now to our crowdfunding backers. We did an Indiegogo campaign in April, May last year, and we raised 750000 So we just started shipping to them. Um, we should complete that process in uh, February, March. And then, as soon as we're finished shipping them to them, we'll be shipping it to our pre-order backers. So, <clears throat> you know, well, I I would imagine that by the end of the first quarter, we will we would have uh, shipped to all of our pre-order customers, um, you know, that we have right now.
1: I, can, I cannot wait to get my hands on. I'm going to go pre-order a pair right now. I think Mitchell <laughs> right, might might do the same. And you know, I encourage our listeners to also go to newhira.com. That's N U. H-E-A-R-A dot com. There's some really cool videos of people's reactions when they first put them on, and I think that's a very, very telling thing when you see actual individuals for the first time wearing those. It really does you know, set things apart and, and it explains how these are different than anything else.
2: You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us contact at yourtechreport dot com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on on Facebook.com slash your tech report for the latest in breaking tech news and reviews. Your